to Kingdom Come with Andrew Nkoyoyo, called to be God's voice, reaching people worldwide with the message of Jesus Christ. So thank you for joining us today on this broadcast. We are excited that you're tuning in and we are going to continue from last week. The series is Pursuing a Pure Heart. And today we want to talk about how do you maintain a clean heart. I shared with you last week that I pursued this before God. And really, it's not as hard as we think, but it takes brokenness. It takes humility. And it takes yielding to the Spirit. Somebody say, well, I, I, I've asked by faith and I believe I have it. Now, the real battle begins. The battle was there. You are battling to really come to this reality, to, to the grips that you need a pure heart. You must have a pure heart. Now that you know and you are pursuing it, or, or you have received it, or you have one, how do you maintain it? Because I remember vividly when I knew I had received what God had for me and what I was pursuing. You know, on my knees, as I cried out before God, it's like this warm blanket of love came and enveloped me. And it's like I was flooded with love. It was like the most ecstatic. I can't really describe it. The ecstasy and the joy and the, just the satisfaction that hit me. That it's like just went through me like fire. And all of a sudden, it is okay. It doesn't matter. If it's, going, it's not going my way. See, it doesn't matter if God is not answering the prayer I'm praying the way I'm praying it. You see, it doesn't matter because now you really you're operating from a different dimension. It's a dimension of love. It's a dimension of divine satisfaction and contentment. Amen? It's a different place. Because the heart has been cleansed from all the pollution and the defilement, the lusts of the world and, and, and the lusts of the flesh and the pride of life and the works of the flesh. And you, it might happen instant, but for me it was like a journey that I was on where in prayer I'll agonize and I'll, I'll travel and, and I'll prevail in prayer. That's one thing I know how to do, but I know how to yield. And so I just said, Holy Spirit, however deep you want to take me, I'm ready to go. And I'll stay in the presence. And so, really, as we have this heart now, you're pursuing, I'm pursuing it, and I'm believing God has given some of you, or you are on the journey. How do we keep it? Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. The Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart that he will not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies. He purposed in his heart. In his affection, not with the wine which was what he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. You see, there is a choice in this thing. Somebody, you will say, well, I got saved. You are clean. Yes, I'm going to show you. But now, how do you maintain that experience that you received that salvation? Every day, day in and day out, you are in the world. And the world has all the things we have talked about. The lust and all the pressures and the passions. And you are getting hit from every corner. How do you stay pure and clean? Amen. 
So he says, guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 from the NLV. He says, keep your heart pure, for out of it are the important things of life. The New American Standard Bible says, watch over your heart with all diligence. The other one says, keep it pure. This one says, watch over it. In other words, you have to watch. You have to be diligent in watching over your heart, for from it will flow, uh, flow the springs of life. So, the first point I want to give you, how do you maintain a pure heart? One, daily washing in the blood. Now, brother, is in that vain repetition? No. When you go to work, when you return home, do you take a shower? It's kind of like the same idea. You're being in the world, there's contamination, there's pollution, there's defilement, there are things you've heard, things that have entered through your ears, your eye gate. I mean, you need to bathe. And the, the, the less you bathe, the more they stick on you, and before you know it, you're going to stink. Can you imagine if you went to work, and you worked hard, you sweat and whatever, and came home, and uh, you, you didn't do anything, you watched your TV, went to bed, went home, uh, went to work again, and you did that for a week, you're not going to smell very friendly. <laughs> right? right? It's only common sense. So listen what Jesus is saying to the disciples. John 13, verse 9 and 11. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Verse 10, and Jesus said to him, he who has bathed needs only to wash his feet. But he's completely clean. And you're clean, but not all of you. So he says, if you are bathed, you only need to clean your feet. What does that mean? This is what it means. Because your feet are the only part of your body that touch the ground, because every time, it's a figure of speech. When you read the word feet, he means your walk. He doesn't mean your physical feet. He means your spiritual walk. He says, you are clean except your walk daily needs to be washed. Because as you walk in the world and as you go about, uh, up and about, you need to wash your feet. Your walk needs to be bathed in the blood of Jesus. It's not vain repetition. It's just simply bathing, washing off all the contamination and all the pollution of the world. It is yours. You know, I've been in... in, in, in Situations where the Holy Spirit told me, Andrew, before you go in there, you need to bathe right now in the blood. Whoa. That's how I know this works. He said, you don't only need to cover yourself in the blood, but you need to wash in the blood right now. Oh, and I'll, let, I'll show you in later teachings that only where the blood is applied that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will be applied. Let me give you an example. In Leviticus 14, the cleansing of the leper. When the leper was brought, what happened? They applied blood on the right ear, the thumb, and the toe. And after the blood was applied, then the priest would take the oil out of the left hand and dip the finger and apply the oil on top of the blood on the ear, on the thumb, and on the toe. It was never applied anywhere that the blood hasn't touched. Why? Because the anointing is holy and it can only be applied. God will only pour it where the blood of Christ is honored. Yeah. 
Oh, I don't want to go, because I want to unpack that to you in a separate teaching, because I want to really release this to you. The power, if you can know, let me share this again. I was praying one day in two, uh, 1996 in Uganda, and I'm praying and fasting for three days, and laying down in, in my room, I heard a voice, and, and the voice asked me, what does the devil fear most? And for me, naturally, being an evangelist, I encountered demons and all kinds of things as we go on the streets and everywhere every day, all kinds of darkness, warlocks and witch doctors. I say, the name of Jesus, because that's the, the name I use. I say, in the name of Jesus, come out. And demons come out. But the voice said, no. He said, he fears the name. And I said, nobody fears the word. He said, yes. But that's not it. And I said, well, he fears the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, yes. But no, I said, well... For a moment there, I'm, I mean, I haven't eaten in three days, so I'm not really very sharp there. And the voice, the Holy Spirit said to me, he fears the blood the most. Because everything is on the basis of the blood. The Holy Spirit works on the basis of the blood. So every time you bring the, the blood of Jesus into play, the devil cannot stand it. You go into a deliverance session and you sing the blood of Jesus. You apply the blood of Jesus. That demon is going to go out. You don't need to scream. Why? Because it's on the basis of the blood. So if you don't wash in the blood, you are robbing yourself of all that God will put on you. Because the world, it contaminates us every day. And this is not vain repetition. This is not religiosity. This is practical Christianity. Amen. Amen. The blood, and we'll expound the blood. Oh, how I love the blood. Because the blood give me, gives me access to the name. The blood gives me access to the Holy Spirit, to the promises of God. It's through the blood I have the entrance into the throne room. Through the blood of Jesus. You ignore the blood, forget about everything else, because everything else builds on the blood. Even the resurrection is because of the blood that Jesus had to rise from the dead as the, being the, the, the pure, spotless lamb. He had to present his only blood. That's the reason he's, uh, basically he rose from the dead because he had to take his blood. Nobody was worthy, the Bible tells us. But he had to scoop the blood and go present it and throw it seven times before the mercy seat of God. And when it was accepted, that's why in Matthew 28, he came back to the disciples. You see, in the Old Testament, when the priest will go in, they will tie a chain. And if the sacrifice wasn't good, he'll fall dead, and they'll pull him out. But if the priest came back, it will mean that the blessing of God will be announced on the land. And so that's why Jesus scoops down the blood, and he rises from the dead. He goes before the throne of God, and he presents his own blood, and it is finished. But then, in Matthew 28, he comes back. Why? He's the greater high priest of the new covenant. And because the blood, the sacrifice is good, he comes back with the good news to the world. It is finished, and the blood has been good. Now go ye, therefore, in all nations, and preach the gospel. It's because of the blood of Jesus that we have the power today to stand and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, how I get excited about the blood, because the blood of Jesus being just downtrodden and ignored and, and really the, we have a weak church and a sick church because we don't know the authority or the power of the blood. We don't know what we have and so we miss out. Oh Lord. Mm, mm. You've got to learn to wash. 
Ask him, wash me. Oh, I, 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 I'm go home and sometimes just things, you know, just want to come. The enemy, I'm preparing this message and the enemy wants to hit me with all kinds of stuff, warfare. My kids are sick and whatever. And I have to bathe my mind and I bathe my whole being in the blood. And all of a sudden, it's lifted. And I ask Jesus, you get anoint me right now. In this very moment. And there it is. And there it is. You've got to wash. That's how you maintain a clean heart. You've got to wash your affection. You've got to dip them in the blood. You've got to soak them in the blood. You've got to marinate. I don't care what you do. You've got to apply the blood. Yeah, yeah. I whatever you want to do. I mean, you've got to apply the blood. Whatever looks good to you. I'm telling you. Because the devil cannot touch anything that has the blood on it. That is for sure. That is our insurance. You stick the blood of Jesus, the devil cannot touch it. He cannot. Oh, I remember one time I was doing a deliverance at a crusade and this woman was just manifesting hysterically and, and I told the ashes, bring, bring her forward and they brought her and she's throwing herself and, and, I, and I said, come out. And he said, no, I'm not going to come out because I was given this sacrifice of blood. I need blood. I said, well, you know, you ask for it. You know what blood I'm going to give you. I give you the blood of Jesus. And she, ah! And then, <laughs> out. Yeah. Oh, you are given blood? Good. I'll give you the blood. The red blood. The divine blood. And <laughs> Because the devil cannot stand the blood. True story. Most of it is on tape. That's why I like taping things. Because sometimes you share things and people are thinking, or oh, you're just making it up. Because it doesn't really happen much in the West. But I've seen so much demonic... I did a conference in Idaho, and my goodness. And I told the people they can't hold this one lady, 21 years old, throwing big old men because she's full of demons. And I said, you want, right now, I want you to go there and just plead the blood. Just call the blood of Jesus. And the demons could not stand it. They just started coming out. and said, no, not the, anything else but not the blood. They say, we give you the blood right now, or you out. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, beloved, oh, I wish you can know the blood. I wish you can. Okay, I got to move on now. You got to wash in the blood. Let me give you another. Number two. You got to wash in the word. John 15, 2, verse 3 as well. He says, now you are clean through the word. I have spoken to you. You wash the, in the blood. Now wash with the word of God. And I've got more scriptures. Could give, but I want you to go and be a student. Because each one of these. They are, their entire message is all together. That I'm just taking out the highlights. And in the future. I believe God is going to help us. To really delve into each one of these. How do you wash. In, in, the, in the word of God. But you have to. Because Job, Job tells us that I washed my feet in butter. And as I washed my feet in butter, the rock poured me water, waters of oil. You see? Butter is the word. Butter is the, it's a figure of speech again for the wealth of the word. You wash yourself in the word, the rock. Who is the rock? 
He says, he poured me rivers of oil. Do you want to be anointed? Do you want to have rivers of oil dripping? You got to wash in the blood. You got to wash in the word. Oh, this is good stuff. Point number three. Peace. Seek the peace of God. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. See, there's prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. They all to go together if we are going to keep a pure heart. Amen? Amen. Somebody said that our gratitude determines our altitude. And I think there is some truth to it. Amen? Amen. But verse 7, he says, and, peace, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, is going to do what? It's going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It's the peace of God. You've got to pursue peace. And also here, you'll notice here in Hebrews 12, verse 13 and 15, you know, peace and holiness, they are tied together. Okay? He says, make straight paths for your feet. Again, straight for your walk, your relationship with God, so that what is lame, oh, listen to this, what is lame may, may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. You've got to straighten your walk as you make straight path for your feet. What is lame is going to be healed. That's what this promise says here. And then 14, he says, but strive for peace with everyone. Not some of those that like you, with everyone. That's why I don't have enemies. I don't. <laughs> because I can't afford to. It's too expensive. It's, it's not worth it for me. Listen, listen, beloved. You know, you cannot afford to have a grudge to dislike someone, hate someone, or whatever that kind. That contaminates your heart. I don't care if you speak in tongues. I don't care how God uses you. I don't care how big of your church you are. I don't care how successful and other things. If you cannot fall peace with people. Because the Bible tells us that the peace of God is what is going to guard your heart. In the midst of the turmoil, when there's all kinds of grudges and things going around you, words are flying, you have peace. You're always pursuing that peace. And anything that takes that peace, that's an enemy. At our household, we go after anything that goes after our peace and our joy. We are, in, oh my goodness. I say, honey, uh-oh, something is coming after our peace here. <laughs> yeah, he's tantruming. I know he's tantruming, but you remember, the enemy wants to take away our peace. Anything that will creep in, take away our peace, and all of a sudden, we are up on arms, and all of a sudden, you're doing something you don't want to do. You're saying something you're going to repent later, and I have to, you know what I mean? But here he's saying that strive for peace, follow peace. In other words, in other words it says, follow after peace. But then, what else? And for the holiness, you see, peace and holiness, they are brothers and sisters. Follow peace, and after the holiness, without which no man will see the Lord. And I told you, it's not only seeing God in the heaven of heavens, but it's also seeing God, heaven on earth. In our present situation here, God is looking for people he can trust with his heart, with his resources, and of power, and glory, and, and just all that he is, and he wants to do. You know that you haven't seen anything yet. 
I mean, the angels in heaven have been worshiping God. And every time, and the Bible tells us, and the four living creatures and, and the 24 elders, every time they, they cast their crowns. You know, because they say something about God. They are never. And yet they have been around him. They are around 24-7 for centuries and centuries. I don't know how many years. For eternity. But you know why? Every time they see something about God they have never seen before. And I believe that's why he said, but only those who are pure in heart can see him. So that's why it really is, is critical for you and I to not only pursue a pure heart. I know all of you, God is going to give you a pure heart. All of you, most of you have it. I don't know. But you know what? The battle begins after you get it. How do you maintain it? How do you walk it out? That's where the warfare is. And that's why this is really key for you to get a hold of and be a student. See, because Solomon is tell, he tells us, he's like, guard it, you know, watch over it, protect it with diligence, with everything you got. Because from out of it are going to flow the issues of life. Not only life, but eternal life. Amen. But listen to verse 15. And he says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Remember, he uses the word, you know, obtain by faith. The grace of God. And then, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, many are defiled. You know, it's known that big other stuff that we think really defiles us. Here, he's pointing out the root of bitterness. <coughs> the root of bitterness. And I'm telling you, it's in the church. Ask the Lord, do you have any root somewhere of bitterness? Because you cannot afford to let it grow or germinate and bear any fruit. Because he says, by, by this, it is going to cause not only trouble, but it is going to defile. It's going to defile the whole person. Amen? Yeah. Point number four. Circumcision of the, of the heart by the Holy Spirit. Romans 2 verse 29. See, they are debating here who is the true Jew and who is not. And, uh, you know, and, and really tells them well, a, a true Jew and a, a, who is not. Here is the difference. Circumcision is that of the heart. By the Spirit, not by the letter. So they were arguing, oh, I, I, I'm a better Jew the others, because the others keep the law, and the others have done, performed according to the law, so that makes them better Jews. No, it's an inward job. I don't want to go into that theology right now, but what we want to focus on is on the circumcision. And again, the circumcision is also a figure of speech, to, to really meaning the, the cutting away by the spirit of all that hinders love. You see, like a physical circumcision, the cutting away of the foreskin. This is the cutting away of that flesh. And I've experienced that even in the last few days. Just circumcision of, of the heart. And as God put me on the floor and as I travel, he was circumcising my heart and emptying me of all fear. And as I prayed and as I groaned in the spirit, I could hear the spirit of God say, deliver him from the fear of man, from intimidation and all those that will think, all the things that will hinder love. And he's crying and he's presenting. And as I'm yielding, the spirit is circumcising. And by the time I was done, I was ready to do some warfare. And I was ready to declare and to decree and to receive what God has for me. 
Now, I'm not saying they are in this particular order, they, they, these points that I'm giving you. They can happen anyway. And I'm going to show you really what's going to be the main key. I call it the master key. Amen? So you have to be really yield. You've got to learn to yield to the spirit for this circumcision. It's not a one-time thing, but he's going to be there if you let him. Amen? So the circumcision of, of the heart is by the spirit. The other one is the sanctification by the spirit and faith. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved, by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through the sanctification by the Spirit and faith in truth. We have been chosen for faith through sanctification. And it's not that we now received salvation through sanctification and then we finish it by our own works. We receive by faith. We keep it by faith. This salvation, this pure heart, this holiness and purity through the sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. That's what it, it says here. And I want you to go back and you delve into it and you really search it out. And, and maybe God will show you something he hasn't showed me because these are the things I've been practicing in, in my walk that I'm sharing with you. Number six is walking in the Spirit. Galatians 5, 15, verse 17. He tells the Galatians, actually, in one of the chapters, he says, man, you guys started out in the Spirit, but you're finishing in the flesh, right? But here he says, uh, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. There is a war going on. Amen? Amen? So now he says, if you're going to maintain this pure heart and really grow in it and really be successful in your everyday walk, you have to learn to walk by the Spirit, in the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God move you and direct you. and Don't just go because you like something or it looks good, it pleases you. I know you guys, you are mature than that. But I'm just saying in general. Walk, seek to walk in the spirit. And it's easy if you can just learn to be quiet and ask and just listen. Amen? To watch on our website, receive prayer, to give, or to request a copy of Andrew's book, Working the Works of God please visit us online at www.kingdomimpactministry.org or write to Kingdom Impact Ministry, P.O. Box 2073, Montrose, Colorado, 81402. This broadcast is a presentation of Kingdom Impact Ministry and is made possible by the grace of God, faithful prayers, and gifts from partners and viewers like you. Next time on Kingdom Come. So, but you have to cultivate that lifestyle prayer. So you don't just pray always only just to get something. But being in his presence always does something to you. You may not feel it. You may not see it. You know, but something is happening to your spirit man. There is a circumcision. You may not feel it. You may not 
it may not have to be radical as sometimes, you know, sometimes it might be just subtle. You know, there are times when God says, Andrew, shut up and listen. Just enjoy me. Oh yeah, the things he said to me, they're awesome. 